Welcome to the Conscious Writing, Living and Leadership Podcast, a dynamic inquiry through open dialogue with soul-inspired professionals who share stories of their adventures and practical tips from lived experience of what it takes to make a real difference through showing up authentically and aligning your life and work with who you truly are. I'm your host, Julia McCutcheon. Today, I'm speaking with Lynn Franks, OBE, on empowering women in business, leadership, and life. Lynn is a PR legend, entrepreneur, teacher, and author, who's recognized as a visionary and trailblazer working at the leading edge of areas including social change, corporate responsibility, and women's empowerment. Her international bestseller, The Seed Handbook, celebrates its 20th anniversary in 2020 with the launch of Seed 2020, an online community for like-minded women to work together, support each other, and grow into their full potential. Amongst a number of new projects, Lynn is currently running a wellbeing hub, seed cafe, and lifestyle store, alongside her role as a grandmother of seven. And I first met Lynn in 2012 when we were both leading workshops at an event in London that was organised by Psychologies magazine. And I remember it clearly because a few days before I'd actually broken a bone in my foot. So I was hobbling around on crutches with my lower leg in plaster. Yet I was fully committed to showing up to lead my creating in the moment session. And it struck me how our respective workshops were quite different, yet with an underlying resonance. And this became the foundation for my connection with Lynn, which continues to develop all these years later. In our dialogue, we discuss how the lineage of a strong matriarchal line in Lynn's family led her to start her own business at 21 years old and grow that business to be the most high-profile PR agency in the UK. We discuss why women so often feel challenged by low self-confidence and self-belief, and how to strengthen those qualities to step into our true power as creative visionaries and leaders who inspire others. We also talk about how the power of seven archetypes reveal a new way forwards for individual and global change and transformation. So let's dive into empowering women in business, leadership and life with Lynn Franks. Lynn, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Now, Lynn, you have spent more than 20 years dedicated to women's empowerment and leadership. And that's inspired by a vision that you have of a world based on cooperation and working together to get things done in the most effective way possible. So tell us a bit about your own journey and your most significant discoveries from being a role model inspiring others towards positive change and also supporting women to discover and claim their true voice and power? I I guess it all started for me as a child. I come from a fairly strong matriarchal line, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, where 
they were all married to men who became ill either in the war or for various reasons uh, or wars uh, and they took responsibility for the family and for earning a living really for the family and feeding them so it was quite a natural way for me as a third generation immigrant to expect that I would be doing jobs and work from very early age which were ways for me to look after myself and as it turns out then look after my family so I'd always wanted to be a journalist I started as a secretary actually at 16 17 and went to work on a teenage magazine called Petticoat and uh, Eve Pollard was my boss but not much older than me very encouraging to me and stayed a great friend and I sort of followed the path of journalism and then into PR which was a very new industry in those days and started a business when I was 21, 22, literally from my kitchen table, which seemed very natural to me. Although looking back, I'm amazed that I really had the confidence to do that. And I sort of built up what became the biggest, well, not the biggest, but certainly the most high profile PR agency in the UK, and certainly one of the biggest in terms of fashion and consumer. And I really did learn on the job. As I said, it was a new profession, it was a new industry. I realized that my natural skills from when I was a kid, really, of being the gang leader, a nice gang, the kids that hang around the park and play together, from being somebody that always loved writing, that loved communications, loved people, networking in my own way, spotting trends from an early age, were things that all very naturally led into really a career in PR, whatever that was. So I worked, my first client was with Catherine Hamlet, um, we worked very closely together on the designer T-shirts that became, well, have now become for 30 years or more, such a huge inspiration for so many in terms of getting messages out. From, I guess, when did I start? Sort of 70s through till late 80s, I spent my life working incredibly hard building up this PR business, building up my tribe of fantastic team of 50 young men and women, mostly young women, who worked with me on all kinds of creative projects uh, until I ended up selling the business in the late 80s, persuaded by my former husband. I probably wouldn't have done it myself. And I then got involved in a lot of other activities. And a lot of that was working with women and on the whole subject of women's empowerment. And I put on an event called What Women Want in 95, would have been 95, yes, where we took over the whole of the South Bank and it was covering all areas of women's lives in those days. It doesn't seem that long ago, but of course, in 24, 25 years ago. And we looked at women and technology, um, women and natural health, women and sexuality, women as conscious consumers, and many, many of the subjects that are very much out there in the zeitgeist now. And um, we put on this big conference and concert with Sinead O'Connor and Zach Mama, Sarah Jane Morris, Chrissy Hind, others, who were fantastic women performers and friends who supported me with this. And we had some nuns who were from Ireland, the Bridgetine sisters, who were really descendants from the priestesses of Bridget, the um, who became the saint but was originally a goddess in Ireland. And so we had sex, nuns and rock and roll at Lynn's Women's Festival. <laughs> So having done that, I floated off. I went to China to, uh, to the first women's 
well, not the first, but the largest women's UN conference ever held before or since, in, straight after the event, which is why I put the event on. And found myself in a couple of years after that in the United States, in California, where I started another PR agency, and I also wrote the Seed Handbook. And I had felt for some time that there were going to be a lot of women that, like me, were going to reach out to do a different kind of career, not work in corporate arena, but who would be starting their own small businesses. They'd be collaborating with others. They'd be wanting to work in a values-led, sustainable way. And that is indeed what happened. Um, and it is happening particularly now, 20 years later. So 20 years ago, almost to the day, I brought out the SEED Handbook. SEED is an acronym for Sustainable Enterprise and Empowerment Dynamics. And that was the first book written for women to create their own businesses from a sustainable, collaborative community perspective. It's incredible when I see what's going on now in the world and what I'd foreseen going on 20 years ago. Sometimes you can be too early. But the book has sold all around the world. In fact, it's just been published in Kazakhstan, in Kazakh and Russian and Pashto, which is an Afghani um, dialect, which is going to be used as a leadership tool in Afghanistan for young women. Wonderful. Very, very pleasing for me. So SEED also as a platform and as a movement has come to um, fruition in many ways. And I'm launching that in March 2020, 20 years since it first came out, SEED 2020. Where is it now? Well, it's online. It's a community. It's a movement. It's a platform for women to come together, to barter, to work together for SEED itself, to become a kite mark which women can use on their business to show that they are values-led ethical business. So lots and lots going on, very much about women's leadership. And at the same time, I bought a couple of buildings in Somerset in Wincanton, where I'm running a well-being hub and a, a sort of ethical store, lifestyle store, and finding and workshops and bedrooms and a whole little centre here. So I'm really doing that think local, act global at the same time. And I'm probably busier than I've ever been. So dedicated, as always, to women's leadership and to women's empowerment through economic freedom and sustainable values. So that's it, really. I think that answers most of your questions. <laughs> that's a, a very full answer, Lynn. Thank you. And, and what an amazing and inspiring life you've had. Certainly, all the things that you've done supporting women in business and leadership along the way and, and all around the world, as you've described, is magnificent. I'd like to just pick up on one point. What do you think is most significant for women to think or feel or how, how can they actually really step into a place of empowerment and really claim their voice and claim their power? Okay. Well, we have 2,000 plus years of patriarchal rule. 2,000 years ago and before was a time when there were all over the world women warriors, women religious spiritual leaders, women leaders in tribe and community. And certainly in, the, in what was ancient Britain, it was the Romans that came from a much more patriarchal type of background that came in and really, if you think about Boadicea and the legends around her as the leader of the Iceni people, got rid of the women who were in powerful roles. So we have 2,000 years since the Romans of language, position, and general male way of doing things that has suppressed us. And that suppression has resulted in, even down to modern day, in advertisements and 
the whole youth culture that is sold to women of certain, you know, it's, it's just a, a world where we've been sold what I call a crock of shit, really. And so most women I know have huge issues with self-confidence and belief, self-belief. And that's where it all goes. And that's what we need to step into our power, is that self-belief that we can do it. We are not the same as men. We respect each other's differences, but we are equal. And that's the huge one. And I think that goes for all of us, really. And what I have found is the way to get that self-belief and self-confidence back is to be with other like-minded women and support each other. It's a very lonely road to try and do it on your own and almost impossible. So my work has always been about bringing women together in small groups, in pods, as I call it, another acronym, because I love acronyms of power on demand, where women can really, truly support each other, help each other, advise each other, share their wisdom and share their skills. And that's, as you know, because we've talked about it before, is where my power of seven work comes in, where I'm now creating seven archetypes that are in all of us, seven feminine archetypes, including seed sower, storyteller, alchemist, and others, which, when brought together, put us in our own harmonious balance. But also, when we work with groups of other women who have some skills that perhaps are not our strongest areas, we can create something bigger and better than we can on our own. So developing the whole power of seven, as I call it, into a toolkit is one of the things I'm working on now. But I think that, to go back to your original question, what is it that women can achieve perhaps or feel, resonate with what, by stepping into their power is that self-belief, that, that knowledge that they are, every one of us is a warrior leader and a warrior in, a warrior of peace, let's say. Perhaps warrior is not even the right word, but anyway, a leader, an inspiration to others, a creative visionary. We are all those things and more. Indeed. And that point about self-belief is so crucial to this conscious approach to um, writing, living and leadership that this podcast is about because the, the conscious approach takes you into a deeper place of, of truth and alignment within yourself. And self-belief, true self-belief comes from that deeper place. It doesn't come from that everyday conditioned mind. And I think what you're describing as groups of women coming together and, and sharing wisdom and skills, that kind of opens the way in the way that you're describing it for, for women to support each other to access their deeper truth and to be who they really are and to stand up for who they really are. And that's where that level of unshakable self-belief and self-confidence comes from rather than from some and a surface level personal development technique, standing with your hands on your hips. Do you, do you agree? Yes, yes. Well, of course, body language is very important. It is indeed. <laughs> it is indeed. But when, when you're in alignment with that, that deeper place of truth and women are supporting each other to, to be right. in that space. Absolutely. That, it's, about, it's about living our truth every time. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. I'm living with transparency, living with authenticity, integrity, the values that are so important to certainly all the women that have come my way through retreats and workshops. It tends to be very, very uh, synchronistic as to what the values are that really represent a life they want to lead. And that tends to be where it is. And they're, they're, for men too, I'm not saying it's only women that want to be authentic and live in integrity, but um, for women, it's absolutely crucial, I find. Indeed. So, 
You've championed women's leadership in all kinds of situations in businesses, you've worked in prisons, you've worked in African villages. And the vision that I mentioned earlier that, that you have includes what you call a new breed of leaders, leaders who aren't just tied to the old way of doing things and who are guided by spiritual values rather than money and power. And you've just mentioned some of the values. But firstly, can you tell us what you feel it means to be a leader today and, and how do you define what leadership really is? Well, I think it's very obvious when we look at the so-called leaders in our society, in politics particularly, and how they're messing up so badly, to realise that leadership is not what we have traditionally been brought up to think it is. Leadership for me is about grassroots, bottom-up, in community, inspiring others, women and men, and many women in, in grassroots society, who again, as we've talked about, are really living and working by their values and creating change in a very, if you like, local way. It doesn't mean you've got to be on a global stage, although now through social media, through things like TED Talks and other platforms, we can get our ideas out globally and locally in, in a way which we couldn't have even imagined 10 years ago. But the fact is that there is a different kind of leadership now and it's a leadership of really supporting others. It's not hierarchical, it's not linear, it's not top-down. To me, in the work I do, it's circular. It's a new model, it's a new modality really, a new system that is a very circular system and a supportive system. We talked earlier about women's groups, small women's pods, that's that's how I see it, you know, and you start off a pod perhaps and you take leadership role in bringing it together, but then let it grow and let the people in it move on and create theirs. It's always about really letting people grow and, and supporting them in that growth. Lovely. And you said about you don't have to be on the world stage. You don't, and I'm interpreting that as you don't necessarily have to be in an official position of leadership, whether that be in business or politics or in any other sphere of activity and your emphasis is very much on making a difference at a local level and then actually the impact tends to ripple out and and go much farther than than one might have originally expected and I think that seems to me to be quite important to realize that it, it's not just this world stage type of leadership that we need here it, it's leadership as you say from the ground up at the local level at the individual level the local level the community and then rippling out into the world yes i think it is i think i think we have this capacity now through technology really for storytelling to influence so many other initiatives anywhere in the world anywhere in the world i mean i've seen it I and mean, i wrote a book in 94, where I told a lot of stories of things that were going on, I was living in California at the time then, and I told a lot of the stories that I saw in society, both in the UK and California and other countries, which I saw as the future. But this really was pre-social media and pre-the internet being such an important part of our lives. And those stories that I talked about then, I see are just, and many, many, many more are out there now inspiring us in a way that storytelling can you know it's, it's the best way to to get your message out there really so I consider myself also a storyteller and sharing stories of others not just mine by any means of 
women in India who created SEWA, the Self-Employed Women's Association, where they support each other and have come from being the poorest in society, living off the streets into having their own homes and sending their daughters to university purely by banking together and supporting each other in business. And the African villages where I worked and saw women creating community centres together where they took the children off to work. That whole thing about it takes a village to raise a child, you sort of see it when you go out in so many countries, particularly in Africa, though, where you see how the villagers, the elders take on the role of the um, the leaders, the parents, the grandparents, you know, or the grandparents, really, because so many of the parents have, haven't survived um, the AIDS epidemic. So things are changing, and certainly I've learned a huge amount of seeing what goes on at grassroots, huge amount, far more... And I'm sure that I've been able to teach is what I've learned from others who mm. live a life which we may look at and think, oh, they don't have anything, but actually they have a lot more than us in many ways. Mm. Indeed, indeed. And you mentioned a few minutes ago about values and, and the more spiritual values in terms of, of leadership, about living our truth and, and transparency and integrity. Are there any other key values that you feel are relevant for women to focus on and def- how to develop those values to step into empowered leadership? Well, I always do a lot of work on values in my workshops and we can go on and on about what values mean to people, but really the ones you've mentioned are the integrity always comes out as the first value, the value that has the most meaning for all women that I've come across. Mm -hmm. Um, Caring, communication, community, collaboration, as we've said, transparency, and authenticity these are the ones that come up time and time again there's other aspects of course creativity and the biggest value of them all which is love yes yes it isn't always easy when we're in a challenging environment and a lot of environments are challenging whether they be in an african village there are different challenges there than there may be challenges in a in a typical office environment so all environments have their own challenges, but can you give us an example of a time where you were called into a leadership role and had to overcome any challenges that faced you? And, and, and what did it take for you to succeed in your task? I mean, when I first started doing public speaking, it was always a little difficult getting used to standing up in front of hundreds of people. At the very, very beginning, I was much, much, much younger and everything comes from experience. So now I I enjoy, very much enjoy public speaking. But the beginning, I used to have to go and have a couple of minutes prayer before I'd sort of step into the speaker role. But I found that if I always talk from my heart, whatever I've done, I've always done from my heart. That sometimes makes me mess up because I come so much from my intuition that perhaps I don't always think logically in my head enough but you know it's 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 I've managed to have an extraordinary extraordinary life which I if it was over tomorrow I would have nothing that I regret really I mean the thing that I found the most challenging and horrible and I wouldn't call it a leadership role because it isn't was when I stupidly agreed to do some leadership uh, reality tv where nobody's in leadership role except the person behind the editing suite that was horrible. That was more unpleasant than anything else. And they set you up terribly. And I don't know what I was thinking, even agreeing to do it. But other than that, no, not really. 
that I can remember. I tend not to live in the past. I can't even remember things that happened before. It's only when I'm talking to people or I'm reminded of it by seeing things online that I even recall that I was part of that. I mean, I've had such an extraordinary time with so many amazing people that I'm blessed to have called my friends and so many experiences that I can't even recall them all that, you know, I just tend to go forward and stay in the present as much as I can and very much look at the future <laughs> and where that's going. I understand. And, and um, that there's a great point that you've made there. And, and also, even though you may not have had a specific response to, to that question, you've actually mentioned a couple of things that, that are really important in terms of how you naturally speak and, and act. And that is from your heart and following your intuition and that to me is very important because it's actually a very feminine approach and that feminine following the heart and intuition that's not just for women it's for men as well because of course these aptitudes are are in both men and women but but acting from your heart and and following your intuition it seems to me like your your life and your work and the way that it's developed is is a wonderful example of that you've followed that inner impulse from your childhood and gone through all the experiences some of which you've shared with us and and what's led you has been your heart and your intuition which seems to me to be pretty significant for for women in any position in life yeah i think though me and others women generally we can tend to be not quite as logical as we should be and i find that in business there are times when i follow my as i've said really i follow my heart to the degree that i perhaps don't look clearly enough at what the costs the practical costs are and even the financial costs are and I, I'm not the only woman I know like that there's so many of us that we follow our dreams and we don't think perhaps as linearly as we should and I, I, I advise mm. I never would say do everything the way I've done it I would always say look at my mistakes <laughs> and then a judgment call Okay, so earlier you mentioned about your Power of Seven work, which is your latest body of work that you're developing, and it's based around seven archetypes, and you mentioned a few of those. Can you just walk us through what the seven archetypes actually are, and just tell us a little bit about each one? Of course. So I always start with the seed sower, because that's the archetype that really focuses on the ideas. That's where it all starts from. It's ideas that maybe business ideas they may be ideas you want for your life it can be really the creativity and the creation of how you see your life purpose which can cover many many areas of community of business of personal life but that's where it starts and I usually then go to the alchemist the alchemist is the one that makes things happen the producer the strategist the action side that takes the seeds and then really just allows them to grow and nourish and bloom. I then would go to the, to the storyteller. The storyteller, not in any order, any of these really, is the side of ourselves or the, or the individual in a business situation or a project who will tell the story. Now that could be in this day and age, marketing, social media, or it could be the side of ourselves really that just, just does what I've been doing with you and, and talks about, life and various aspects of life as a story but one of the things I start off with when I'm doing my workshop on the archetypes particularly the storyteller is looking at the way we write our own life story because that's where it all comes from you know do we write our life story as a tragedy as a comedy as a love story what exactly is that all about and then ensure that we can look at the positive aspects of, of life 
the medicine woman is another important archetype. They're all important, actually. The medicine woman looks after our, your own well-being, looks after the well-being of the project, of the others that you're working with, the other people in your life. It's the healer, the carer. The sky dancer is the what I call the tantric relationship giver, the networker, the one that brings people together, partnerships, always with grace and love. Space Weaver is the artist in us that creates the inner and outer space, our environment, our creativity in physical form. Very, very important part for all of us. And finally, I think this is seven, is the Wisdom Keeper who looks after the project from the bigger picture and ensures that the values that were in the original seeds that were planted are still there throughout the project, throughout the business, throughout uh, your life and just keeps us on target really to live the life of authenticity and integrity and transparency and love. Wonderful. I think that's seven. <laughs> I didn't count. It is. It is absolutely. So I'm sure we could talk at length about each of these because they're all fascinating archetypes. They undoubtedly there is one possibly that that we resonate more with than others. And and I loved what you said about the the storyteller being starting from the point of the way we write our own life story or rewrite it if we need to do so, which is often the case with with those of us on a transformative path. So. How do we work with these seven archetypes, Lynn? I mean, they're, they're fascinating as they stand, but how, how do we work with them? Well, I am developing the program currently to teach as online modules, and I'm also doing retreats, but it's about learning how to bring them into our lives personally, each one, working for us on a very, very personal level, which I call the me, and then creating the group of seven, the pod, where we can all take different aspects of these archetypes and create something together. And I call that the we. And then it's, in a way, as I see it, creating a grid of like-minded pods that come together and we listen to each other's stories and we inspire each other, and I call that the us. And when we get to the us, which is what I'm trying to develop at the moment, me, we, us, that's when we can actually affect societal change, societal shifts, societal change. That's what I believe. So it's me, we, us, that's, and I believe they have huge power of influence and change, and I need to stop procrastinating about developing them all. <laughs> Get on with it, I'm so holding <laughs> so many things at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> makes me realize I have got to got to got to get those out there because I have been workshopping them now for the last few years they are very successful people really identify and grow through them and it is time for me to get that out there to make them accessible to people <laughs> well maybe this conversation will be the prompt that you need to, to crack on with that and get yourself an alchemist to, to help you out perhaps I'm doing exactly that at the moment <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're drawing towards a close now, and I'd like to ask you if there was one single piece of advice or a practical tip that you would like to, to give our, our listeners today that feeds into us feeling empowered as leaders in our personal and professional lives, what, how would you sum up in, in one piece of advice or tip what you'd like to share on that? 
Well, I think it's going back to what we were just saying. It's really making sure that we surround ourselves with others of like-minded values, but perhaps different skill sets, and we support each other to bring things into reality from our dreams, because that's the only way we can do it. Always stay true to ourselves. Mm. Live life live life with love not fear beautiful thank you so lynn you've obviously got a lot coming up on your plate with workshops and online courses and communities what are you most excited by in terms of the next chapter of of your life what inspires you the most i mean i love what i'm doing here in wincanton where i live and work now i'm really enjoying creating a community out of my own hub and with the rest of the very creative lovely people who are living here so actually that whole working locally is a huge enjoyment to me and i'm a people person so i've sort of created a club and a tribe that i want to be a member of I'm really enjoying the development of seed because I've seen for 20 years that it has so much more life where it needs to go. So I I think everything I'm doing fills me with great joy. And I just frustrated that I don't have more hours in the day and more energy to work those hours because there's just so much going on. (laughs) After a full weekend of running a cafe and having evening events here with music and then working during the day and spending time with my family and my friends and it's it's simply I would like one sort of like double time for every hour I would like two hours (laughs) (laughs) well it seems to me that you're doing pretty well with the uh, single time on the hour basis and I really appreciate all that you shared with us Lynn got a great story to tell and you have very inspiring projects on the go always and as an empowered woman in your own business and in your own life. I thank you very much for being with us here today. Thank you, Julia. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you as always. Thank you. Find out more about Lynn at lynnfranks.com. Coming up on the Conscious Writing, Living and Leadership podcast, We have Mark Lesser speaking on the seven practices of mindful leaders. Mark is a CEO, Zen teacher, and author who leads trainings and talks worldwide. He's led mindfulness programs at many of the world's leading organizations and helped develop the celebrated Search Inside Yourself program at Google. If you'd like to expand your inquiry on the topics we're discussing here on the podcast, head over to juliamccutcheon.com slash podcast and click on any of the gold listen here links, which will take you to the individual pages for each episode. On the right hand side, you'll see the deep dive free download box where you'll access additional content, including tips to apply what you learn, episode transcripts to read, and insightful questions to reflect on. Enjoy exploring this conscious path of mastery and flow. And thanks for listening. This is Julia McCutcheon signing off and wishing you a joyful experience of making the difference you're here to make through showing up authentically and aligning your life and work with who you truly are.